But you're not. You're sweet. You're the plant. Yeah, yeah, I am plant. You need to water that plant. <laughs> it's a, I didn't know it was a real plant. Yes, it's a real plant. <laughs> I thought it was a fake plant. It's been without water or light for like a month or two. Is it immortal? <laughs> okay, we got a live plant. I'm learning things. <laughs> it's a, yes, it's real. Welcome into episode seven of All In with Adam. I'm here with the lovely Kelly Bay singer. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> it's. I think it's weird for both of us to have you out here, only because you don't normally come out here to, like, work, right? It's like normally just to hang out or bring the dogs to say hi or something along those lines. Yeah, there's no working that's uh, done for me out here. <laughs> I don't know. We, 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 we have had... less of a plan for this podcast than like most of the other ones. <laughs> no plan. <laughs> no plan. I think one thing that might be good to kick it off with is, well, it's sort of tell them where we're at now because we're getting married weirdly 30 days from today. Yeah. On the eight year anniversary of when we met. Yep. Yeah. So we were going to have um, our friend officiate our wedding. I mean, she still kind of is, but Tennessee, where we're getting married, like where we're having the actual party with our friends and family. Uh, they changed their laws like six months ago. So you can't have somebody, I forget what it's called, but it's like an online program. Yeah, you normally could become an officiant online with like a... It's like a two-hour course it's a or joke. something. Yeah, it's just a joke, and which is kind of cool because, yeah, you can have a friend do it, but then that's not possible Yeah, now. so we would have had to like try and find a priest of a church we don't go to or like a government official in Tennessee. Yeah. and we're like... No strangers is one of the themes of the wedding. Yeah. Like nobody's there that we don't know, not even like plus ones or anything like that. So like the guy running the show is not going to be a... Like not, some he, random person we just like found. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, we decided to get married here. here. Yeah, because yeah, at the courthouse in Florida, you literally, you just need your driver's license and you have to have a social security number. You don't even have to bring your social security card. <laughs> yep, that's just tell us the number. We write it down. So, yeah. <laughs> Technically, we're getting married at the uh, customer service desk of the courthouse. Yep, Sharon down at aisle <laughs> seven is going to hook it up. <laughs> um, yeah, and then we'll have the actual party with everyone else. So when we were looking at dates, I was like, oh, well, March yeah. 2nd happens to be the day we met eight years ago. Yeah. So that's there's a, still some kind of symbolism there. Yeah, that's a fun night. Tell people that. What's that story? Eight yeah. years is fucking weird, too. Yes. It's a long time. Yeah, so I guess seven years, 11 months ago, or yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, well, my friend Shannon, I got invited to a party and uh, didn't know anybody there, but her boyfriend and her were going early because he had a drum lesson. And they were like, well, if you're going to ride with us, since you don't know anyone at the party anyway, like we're going to be going like an hour early. So Patrick can have this drum lesson or whatever it was and i'm yeah. like okay that's that's fine like they just kind of dragged me along i didn't really want to go to the party because i knew nobody except yeah. for them so yeah we came into a room kind of like this kind of a lot of the same shit same right? kind of elements yeah um got brought along to that party and you were asking him a question and I used to this play. Is Patrick is the guy's yeah, name, who's a good friend of mine, but also was kind of taking lessons, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, me and Shannon were just kind of like hanging out on the couch, like while well, you guys did the lesson. Yeah. Um, and I used to play snare drum in like elementary and middle school, so I had like a little bit of music knowledge yeah, left that. over. Yeah, more than like a non-drummer for sure. Yeah. Um, and whatever that question was, Adam knows what it is, but the question was. I was asking Patrick this in the lesson. Um, he's trying to learn about seven, eight. And I said, how many 16th notes would you play in a measure of seven, eight? And I think it's 14. Yes, 14. She chimed yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> and so obviously that uh, got your attention. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And the weird thing I always remember about that night, though, too, was that I had just had two wisdom teeth removed mm -hmm. so i was like all chipmunked out like fat cheeks all swollen and i think on painkillers i'm sure i was probably yeah probably they give you plenty of those 
Um, <laughs> so you met like this swollen face version of me. But it was cool because it was one of those nights where like even how many people were there? 20, 30? It was like a pretty yeah. big party. Yeah, there was a decent amount. The whole house was full. So yeah. At least 30. Yeah. But yeah, we ended up just breaking away from the group and talking the entire night basically and then hung out and started dating from there. Just didn't stop hanging out, That's, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then that house, you ended up moving into that house. Once all of my roommates moved out, that became our house within, what, two years? Something like that? We had been dating at least a year by the time. It was almost two years. I think when it was like January like 2015. When you moved in? When I moved in. So just yeah. shy of two years dating. Yeah. And at that point, Pete was still there. Yeah. He was there for like six months or so. And then he moved out and it was just our place. Yeah. Yeah, I've always I've, I like that number of two years before living together. I feel like that's pretty, pretty solid advice because you should have like a grasp on the person you're with after two years to a certain degree. Yeah. But I do think the logical next step is like you should you should probably live together to make sure you can pay some bills, make sure people are out here washing dishes and do yeah. <laughs> doing They're an okay roommate. Yeah. Just aside from the dating aspect. Yeah, because that's one element of like being with somebody that you don't think about is it. like, well, they're just a roommate. That's one big chunk of it, you know? Yeah. So what do we do after that? We How long were we in that house, just us? Was it two years or three years? Well, we were there from like January 2015. It was like a, like a year and a half. And then I moved to Atlanta for work. Oh, I forgot um, about that blip on there. Yeah, because yeah. I moved to Atlanta in like June of 2016, I think. Yeah. Um, we both almost moved. I almost followed her there. That was the plan. Yeah, but just could not find a house. The, it was just insane. Like it was if you weren't ready to buy, like rental properties were up for like a day before somebody snatched them. Yeah, it was really weird because we needed a studio space. I knew knew that. So yeah. That was like the one prerequisite. It was like if I'm if I'm following her to Atlanta for this job because you were already up there for months. Yeah, almost a year. Yeah, and then I went up there twice to look for houses. And everything we found was like gone the same day we found it. It was that competitive of a market. It was really weird. Yeah, then at a certain point, it just made more sense for you to move back. Yeah, I was like, well, how long are we going to do this? Like with like zero luck in finding any kind of house. Yeah, it, yeah, it got like weirdly desperate where it's like, we're just going to have to move into some house that we hate. Yeah. Or, But then it worked out because you moved back and you were able to effectively make the same amount of money. But then Florida has no state tax. So yeah. it ended up being like uh, really optimal to move back. It was interesting. Because I got the promotion too. So I moved back and initially we weren't sure like if there was going to be a position for me yeah. because the position for me was in Atlanta. And then when I moved back, I ended up getting promoted and then my boss moved and then got promoted again shortly thereafter. Yeah. So... It ended up working out really well, actually. Yeah, yeah, it really did work out awesome. It was also cool to have like a built-in long-distance relationship test. Yeah. Because like that's an ideal for anybody to have for a super lo like long period of time. Like nobody wants to stay that way. But to have, what was it, nine months or ten months you were up there? Like ten months. Yeah. yeah. It was cool to have that like built-in as like another version of a test of the relationship, right? Just like how can you do this part? Because it's a lot different when you don't get to... Get to see somebody. Yeah. And then, let's see, so you moved back from Atlanta, and then it was probably another year or two before we bought this house. Yeah, I moved back in 2017, and when did we buy this house? Not in 2020, so it was we, like 20, summer of 2019. Yeah, is when we, when bought, we bought this bought house. house. Yep. So yeah, like two years back at the old house, and then we started looking. Yeah, and we, and we did a lot of things out of order, too, in that we... I mean, it depends on out of order, like for who, like a Christian conservative tr traditionalist, everything was out of order, I guess. But, you know, that we lived together first in like a rental and then bought a house and then got engaged, you yeah. know, just like a, just a different sort of order. But I don't know, the engagement thing, I always I've told you this a million times, but like I love one thing that Eric and Proto said on a phone conversation one time because he'd been in a very long term relationship, like 10 years or somewhere in that ballpark. And he had said... Like, if you're going to get married and die together and that's the plan, yeah. like, at what point the marriage happens is, like, not that important if you were never planning on ending this thing anyway. And I do like that perspective, though I think I tortured you by waiting <laughs> <laughs> waiting so, as long as I did. A little longer than yeah. I would have been prepared yeah. for, but I don't 
You're being nice. Probably way longer. I mean, what did I say? I think I had like decided. Are you four years in? Like probably like four years in. Like I would have accepted a proposal. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to need another three years. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, lots of pressure from the parents, of course, at least on my side. Yeah. I feel like women get pressured a little more than men do in those situations. Mostly for my mom and then, like, the women I work with. They're like, what's what's yeah. going on there? Like, you all live together. You got a house together. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Babies in marriage is what everybody wants to know about. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you get it, especially from someone that is married and has kids. They're just like, I did it and it's been great. Why don't you do it too? You know? Yeah. They just, like, want everyone to have that same kind of experience when they've had a good experience sure. with or it. Or they're miserable and they want people to suffer with them. Yeah. yeah. That too. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> I think what hung me up a lot too is just, and we talked about this a lot, like openly, was that I always looked at marriage as like a, like you're making a promise that is almost impossible to keep in certain circumstances. So if it's like, for better or worse, sickness and health, like no matter what, we're gonna die together. Right. But like, what happens if you go nuts? And right. you like you develop a heroin problem and start like, I don't know, cheating on me all the time. And like, you know, how much of that would I tolerate before it's like, yeah, 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 I know I made a promise, but like I'm out. Yeah, right? there's limits of, for everyone. Uh, yeah. So it's like a promise that's very tricky to say that you would keep under all circumstances. Cause like, well, what kind of circumstances are we talking about? I feel like that the absolutism of that thing hung me up for a while it was hard to wrap my head around that you went down like a little like philosophical wormhole for a while on like which is very much in your personality yeah but just kind of spinning your wheels on that like but uh, the the exact specific thing that people say in their vows like but there's there's other caveats to that that could change this yeah like you just kind of ruminated on that and didn't your mom say something that kind of like yeah she definitely had a cool piece of advice was it was um don't think yourself out of a good time which is totally something i've done <laughs> my entire life like think yeah. myself out of something good you know but then also i don't know that my mom told me this or if i just found it somewhere that was basically like you are entitled to take ownership over the definition of your marriage yeah. Right. Like you and, can write your own vows. You don't have to say like that part too. But well, even you can just define what what is marriage to you. Even in yeah, the vows for sure. You could like customize them. But I think I had that example of like your your uncle Eric mm-hmm. is an interesting one who married a woman that was like they didn't even speak the same language when they met. Yeah, they had a translator on their first date. Yeah. So he's a merchant marine and was yeah. stationed over in Saipan, which is like some small island like near Thailand. Yeah. Met a Thai woman. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they met, like, in that circumstance. But regardless, they met. And on their first date, they had a translator there. Because neither one. He did not speak any Thai. And she spoke zero English. Yeah. Which is crazy to even go on a date with someone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, how did you know you want to go on a date? Yeah. Like, aesthetics alone, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you could just be attracted to somebody. But... Well, what's fat? And they got married, still together, happy yeah. couple, Eric, Eric and Noke. But he still speaks no Thai. He her, doesn't speak Thai. But she <laughs> maybe a English. few words, but yeah, yeah. But her English is pretty good now. Her English is great, yeah. But it's interesting because the way that they both, the marriage they signed up for, is like super utilitarian. Yeah, like it is. He wanted someone to fill like much more traditional wife roles. And I mean, and he'll even say openly, like I picked a Thai woman because they give great massages and they're, and they're good the at best cooks. They're the best yeah. cooks and, you know, they're super loyal. And that was like what he was looking for. And I think she was certainly looking for like more of the traditional stuff, protector, provider, security, yeah. like, you know, all of those things. And so they both got exactly what they wanted. Yeah. And it, But it's interesting because it's, I don't want to say like void of intimacy because I would say that's probably not. We don't really get to say that. We're not in their fucking bedroom. But, you know, it's just like it's a more tactical utilitarian marriage. And these are two happy people. I think it works. It's been like 15 years or something like that. They're they're killing it. They do great. And they're a good fit for each other. It's just a 
it's a unique fit. Yeah, not one you would probably pick. Have for you, for you or for yeah. us, yeah, yeah. But I think examples like that are what what made me open up to the idea a little bit more that you get to pick exactly what this looks like. And if yeah. if you want to focus on the the part of it that says we'll never ever ever divorce, we'll never not be together, no matter what happens. Well, like you can go that hardcore if you want. Or you just get to say that like this is going so well now and seems to be something that will go so well in the future that it's worth making a commitment to say like this is worth holding on to. Yeah. And I feel like in the back of my head I still know that if you <laughs> if you developed a heroin problem, weren't crazy, <laughs> or if I just started beating you or something insane, you know. Things that would be unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If that sort of stuff happened, then like will you cross that bridge when you come to it? But... We're not going down that road, I don't think. No, Hopefully no, not. I think we got almost a decade of research and data in this yeah. relationship to kind of yeah. let us know what the future would most likely entail. Do So even though you would have gotten, you would have accepted a proposal much earlier than I was willing, <laughs> willing to <laughs> offer one, do you feel any sense of pride in that we've been together eight years before getting married? Yeah, I mean, we see, like, we have friends or just people we know from high school and stuff that you see on Facebook that have been together, like, six months. And it's just like, but you... And then they get engaged. And you're just like, you have no idea. Like, we both have said we dated people for three years plus. Yeah, before us. Yeah, yeah, before us. And just totally, like, changed several years into the relationship. So it's, it's just like, I don't know. Yeah, surprising when you see people just dive in so fast because like you said like if you're going to be together forever like what is the rush what's the rush yeah and people i mean everybody has like baggage or weird shit that you learn about them after long enough yeah but like we both had had circumstances where you've been dating somebody for two years two and a half years three years and then something happens where you're like oh wait a minute like i didn't know that you were that kind of fucked up, like, yeah. you know, like a specific thing, right? Surprise. Yeah, and it takes some time to figure that out. But so much better to figure that out when you're just dating yeah, than when you've signed a contract with the government. Yeah, <laughs> it makes right? Makes it so much more complicated. Yeah, there's really no harm done in just dating somebody for a couple of years. And it's weird, too, because you're coming from two people that are, like, pro-marriage. Like, we want our friends to find people and get married and have families. And, like, of course, that's... You know, but at the same time, it is it's so frightening when people just like rush in to that sort of thing. I, my, my in my head, it's always been three years. Three years is like the soonest. Yeah. But that's probably based off of our personal experience of having three year relationships that went wrong. Right. So it's like, well, if you can make it past there, you know, then you're probably all right. But anything yeah. pre three years, there could be some curveballs thrown your way. Yeah. All right, so everybody, well, not everybody, I want to say that, but most people watching this probably know what I do uh, or have done for the last 10 years or so, and that's, is it the only job that I ever had since we've been together? Did I ever have a real job? No, you were just teaching. Teaching like, privately. Like riding around on your motorcycle yeah. to um, kids' houses mostly, doing lessons. A lot of kids, yep. To have your backpack packed with multiple sets of clothes because it's Florida and it rains every day at three o'clock. So yep, leaving the house with a backpack full of towels, <laughs> extra jeans, just in case you get, you know, you caught in a thunderstorm. Still gotta go, go teach these people how to play drums. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you were doing when we started dating, and then you were supposed to go on warp tour. Yeah, I've semi-told that story on here. I won't tell that whole story now. It's your episode. But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a whole tour that sort of fell through. And then 2013 is when I went online. Yeah. And started making videos. And we had only been together a few months. Yeah, because we started dating in April. You were supposed to go on tour that summer, like when Warp Tour is, like June, July. Yeah. Like very early on. I was yeah. like, all right, well, see you later. Yeah, that was an interesting one because we were going to have to do long distance immediately. Yeah. Was the setup. Yeah. Like right off the bat, we're like, okay. Yeah, that was an interesting one. So, yeah, but it all fell through. And then uh, I ended up staying, but then moved online. And then, you know, that was my 20s. But what's, take people through your work history. What kind of, you had some shit jobs too. Yeah, I mean, my first job was pretty cool. It was at a, 
called the Depot Cafe. It was like this little tiny, like maybe 700 square foot place right next to Home Depot. That's where they got their name. Um, in my home, <laughs> in my home. D- what? Can't think of a fucking name. What's next door? Uh, home Depot. All right. <laughs> what? I never heard that. The name of that place. Yeah, it was called the Depot Cafe. It was like this little tiny place right next to Home Depot in Merritt Island. Um, and yeah, they hired me. Me and my mom used to eat breakfast there all the time, and we knew the owners. And she just asked him, like, "Hey, will you hire my little fifteen-year-old daughter?" to yeah. do anything and they were like yeah sure yeah um but it was great they paid us minimum wage serving so like not four dollars an hour like the 750 or whatever it wow. was at the time and yeah, we yeah. got tips on top of it so that was like peak serving job yeah like, you don't get that anywhere it's such a good first job restaurant stuff is yeah it's yeah it's a great it was my first job too yeah it's awesome i worked at durango's as a hostess for a little bit so the steakhouse yeah oh yeah yeah slinging the meats we just uh sh- <laughs> showed up to work one day and they're like yeah they didn't uh drop off they had like a wood pellet grill yeah and they're like they didn't drop off any of the pellets and we're closing like tonight is the last night we're open and there Damn, was that's got to be illegal, right? It's yeah, like, I don't really like, know. Oh, this business is done. Like today, yeah. it's done, it's done. literally, like the cooks in the back, they were like, "What do y'all want to eat? Like, you guys want steak? You guys want dessert? Like, anything you want." We were just like eating at the hostess counter, like, Whatever. "Fuck it!" Like, this yeah. job's pretty much over. <laughs> there was all this NASA memorabilia because it was in Cape Canaveral on the walls, and oh, people were okay. just taking things off the walls. Like, I know I took a couple things to my dad because he used to work for NASA. Yeah, and it's um, the Wild West. Yeah, they shut down, got a job at TJ Maxx because I had... TJ Maxx. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I had just bought a car, my old Honda, like a week before... The Durant- white one? Yeah, the white one I had yeah. for years. I bought that car, like, with just enough money, like, basically exactly what I made at Durango's was enough to pay that car payment. <laughs> like, so stupid. I was in high school. What a ratio. So 100% of my paycheck goes to my car. And I got nothing left. And I got nothing left. But I can definitely afford it. Like, the math... <laughs> it works the, out. The math checks out here. <laughs> this the stupidest 17-year-old logic ever. Yeah, exactly. And That's then the, so they closed. Funny. So I'm like, oh, shit. I need a new job. Yeah. And so I found a job at TJ Maxx and uh, worked there for a bit. And then I worked at Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake. <laughs> uh, Man, you had way more <laughs> shitty jobs than I did. These are all bad. <laughs> yeah. I worked at Steak and Shake and... Um, I think I knew I was about to have my back surgery, actually, and I didn't tell them that because I was I needed a job for like the two months before my surgery. But they're not going to hire somebody that's going to have surgery and then go off to college two months later. Because like, why are we training? you? So I just kind of like was like, oh, no, like I'll come back like after the surgery. And when I fully knew I was moving to Orlando. Yeah. And so, yeah, I left after that. And uh, well, we can come back to the jobs, but I realized too, people don't know about your surgery either. Yeah. So it's TJ Maxx, and then what's wrong with your back? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they, we found that when I was like twelve. Um, yeah. I was in gym class, and my teacher was like, "Hey, your uh, your back's not right. Uh, you should probably <laughs> get that checked out." So they, my mom took me to the doctor, and they're like, "Yeah, you definitely have scoliosis," but it like wasn't that bad at the time. And they can't really tell how bad it might be yeah you don't know like when you're still growing like it could just stop like where it was at the time or it could progress but you just pretzel out yeah so yeah so that's what happened to me um full pretzel full pretzel um (laughs) my my grandma had it so they knew that it probably wasn't going to be great uh, given that she had we knew she had the surgery to correct it so and it's genetic yeah um, or they think, I don't know, like, how proven that is. But it seems to be, like, people in the same family sure. tend to get it. Uh, so I had a back brace. So that made, you know, middle school <laughs> super fun. Dope. 23 hours a day. Uh, had to wear that. Did that for a few years. And it just kept getting worse. So, yeah, when I was uh, 18, we had uh, my back fused from, if you know spines, it's from T1 to L4. So it's basically my whole spine except, like, my neck. And, like, the very bottom, like, where my tailbone is. Yeah. But, I mean, how long would you say the rods are? We throw a picture up in the podcast, actually. But Oh, yeah. I can send you a picture. But, I mean. Like, 18 inches or something. Like, yeah. Yeah, you're basically your entire spine. It's just totally fused, so. Posture on point. 
Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Pretty good. Like D from Always Sunny, Aluminum Monster. Aluminum if you're, Monster. <laughs> you're yeah. familiar she with that the, show. Like, the full She had like cage. the head, ca- yeah, where they like drill in. That was probably a thing like in the 80s. Right at some point that may have they been still how they, do that what? for some people yeah oh it's like almost cruel it's so hideous <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not the kind of brace that I had mine was like plastic and padded with like yeah little straps in the back to tighten it up but yeah so I'm that doesn't come out people seem to ask, I get asked to that a do decent they take amount them out? they're like are they gonna take it out one day like no well, it's called spinal fusion it's fused. Yeah, and then there's, there's like a bone paste. Does I remember that word right? Yeah, so there's like um, the rods and the screws that go into my actual vertebrae, and then they took like a chisel, basically, like oh, on yeah. the <laughs> on the edges of your vertebrae. There's like these little knobby bits. That's you mm-hmm. know the technical term that stick out on the oh, sides. Oh, I know knobby bits. <laughs> and they um, chisel them out and mix it with some kind of medical something or other. Um, Good lord, you're making like a bone glue. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. they put that like on top of the rods to like actually fuse. So that's why you're not supposed to do anything too strenuous or crazy for like a year because that's not totally. Setting. Yeah, it's not totally set yet. Ugh. Meanwhile, I'm like four months post off. Like, let's go to post op. Like, let's go to Islands of Adventure. Like, let me get on coaster. some roller coasters. Man. You've pulled the surgery up on YouTube a couple times. For yeah, me. It's, it's pretty and, brutal. And I'm not queasy with stuff like like I can watch gory stuff. It doesn't normally bother me, but whew, that it's a rough one. It's with the hammer and the chisel on the spine, like cut mm-hmm. open from like neck to ass, just <laughs> yeah. like, like these jaws of life, like holding you open. It just like it looks like this is this is like a butcher shop, right? Like this is yeah. a dead animal. Like no, that's a person, and they're alive. Mm-hmm. And and this is a good thing we're doing here. This yeah. is like for good. Okay, it's it's like, I mean, it's got to be one of the most invasive surgeries you could have up there with brain and heart surgery, right? Yes, yeah, I, I mean, I had to sign paperwork that's like, if I die, like yeah, my family you will not sue die. the hospital. Yeah, that was like when I woke up from surgery. My first, like I, I wasn't as worried about like dying in surgery because I'm like, well, if I die, then I'm dead, and like, yeah, that you, sucks that's, for a, that's my, a great way to go. That's I was like, well, it sucks for my family, but like, I wouldn't know what happened. I would have just been put under and never woke up. But I was yeah. like, if I woke up paralyzed, was my concern. So my first question yeah. when I woke up was, are my toes moving? And they were like, they're like, yeah, like your your toes are wiggling. You're yeah. fine. I was like, all right, I'm good. Give me some more drugs and go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there some crazy thing of you like? puking up a tube they put a tube down your throat and you throw it up something horrible uh, happened like as this was all going down yeah not puking up a tube but they were um they have to put a central line in my neck for medication and for blood because okay. you lose so much blood during the surgery and i don't remember which side they were trying to put it in on but they were trying they put you in like a twilight state like not fully under they're like sure. we're gonna kind of put you in a twilight sleep get this central line put in and then we'll wake you back up like before surgery so you can say bye to your family and then you'll actually go. And they were having a really hard time for whatever reason trying to put this central line in my neck. And I woke up like out of the twilight sleep while they're trying to shove this tube that goes like down your carotid artery, like basically right to your heart. Oh, yeah. And just woke up from that. And I like had not been nervous about the surgery at all until that moment. And yeah. that's when like I was like, this is painful. And this is Real just shit. the beginning. Yeah. Like, and then, of course, I yet. come out and both my parents are upset and like, because yeah, I'm upset. And then just like, yeah. Oh. <sighs> yeah, it was a rough one. It's a rough one. Yeah. But I think one of the cooler things that you gain from it is like a, like your day-to-day pain tolerance like we've talked about this before, is probably like miles ahead of a normal person. Like, yeah. like the look you give people when they're like, oh, my back's really bugging me today. You're like, huh, yeah. is it now? Is it is having a little back problems there? Nice one. Yeah, yeah I got to try and like keep myself in check that there's like perspective. Everyone yeah. has like different pain. So like I don't ever want to be that person that's just like, oh, you got problems? Like <laughs> let me tell you about my problems. Yeah, of course. Like, not like the attitude. Because that's like a shitty person to be around. Like your back pain <laughs> is invalidated because mine is worse than yours. Like that's not. Yeah. And if that was the case, like all pain is invalidated because somebody. Somebody's got it worse. Yeah, exactly. So. Man. Okay. So post spine surgery. I had met you what? A year after? 
Uh, you had like any surgery or two years? Almost two, because my surgery was June of 2011. Okay. And we met March of 2013, so that's weird. So, yeah, it was you, like... She's as date junkie she knows all the dates the outfit the meal that they had on the tuesday oh, which yeah. socks made sense with the outfit but it's a nice contrast because i have the memory of a of a small of a goldfish puppy. of a goldfish would be would be more accurate i can't remember it's horrible we've been to <laughs> we've been to cities where someone's like hey y'all ever been here and i'm like nah i'd love to go and she's like we were we were there like a year ago. Me and you spent four days there. Did this, this, and this. Saw this movie. Went to a zoo. And oh, like, that was the best. Got nothing. We went and saw a movie one time after we were in Memphis For when you did the Memphis drum shot. The my um, symbol gig. Yep. The first gig. time. I think the first time I did that. Yeah, one. I didn't go the second time. So it was okay. The, it was the first time you went, and yeah. there was a day where I think we just had like one more day at the hotel or something before we were going back to Florida, yeah. and we needed to kill time. So we went by like the Minel, um warehouse, yeah, to do something there, and then we were like, "Is there anything like to do around town?" It was like a really shitty rainy day. I think Chris was like, "Oh, there's like a a mall." like over here okay and we went and rocked around a mall for a little bit and then we went to go see a movie and i i don't remember what the movie specifically was if i, I feel think like about it was it. amy schumer i don't know why uh, that sounds familiar I think but i feel so. like it was one this was so long ago i don't even know but this was like 2014 or 2015 anyway she had some kind of movie that was in theaters and i think so yeah i, I want to say like a, a year later like it like popped up on netflix or hbo or something and we were just deciding what to watch and I'm like we saw that in theaters and you're like we absolutely did not absolutely. you're like i have never seen this movie not a like, single frame i've never even heard of this movie <laughs> yeah and i'm like no we saw it like i promise you like you did not believe me i'm like i don't know why you're trusting my memory and not mine but i know we saw this movie and like a month later I don't know if it was you or me, but one of us found the ticket stubs <laughs> ticket to the movie. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I fucking told you. We saw this movie. Here's the proof right in front of you. And you're like, all right, well, I guess you're right, but I still don't remember I don't any remember of anything. it. Might as well have not seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the weird like contrasts between us that I feel like we're the most dissimilar is with travel. Yeah, I love to travel. Yeah, you love to travel. I don't, and it's rooted in (laughs) that I don't remember the vacation Mm -hmm. very often, you know? But it's also kind of cool because for as as goldfished out as my memory is, yours is like freakishly good sometimes. You remember like totally unimportant things sometimes. Yeah, extremely unimportant. My brain will just flash random information that like... I was like, hey, remember when you were in the eighth grade? Like, just random pictures in my head. Yeah. Like, remember when you were in eighth grade and you walked up a set of stairs that looked just like this set of stairs and you were wearing this and you were on your way there? And I'm like, why is this? Dope. Write that down. Why? <laughs> why are you reminding me of this? I don't well, know. But it's cool because it, it's come in handy in social situations where we'll meet people that we're like, I don't know, trying to network with or just make new friends, industry people, anything like that. And if you've met them, mm-hmm. like... You'll remember weird shit that we talked about the first time. And then the next time we went, then you're like, do you remember that this girl has a cousin named this who's six years old and she was <laughs> going to this school and playing this sport? I'm like, no, I don't remember any any of that at all. And you're like, well, I do. And then you can use it to like, you know, like as like a social tactic or whatever. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a nice, nice contrast. But it is it is fucking hilarious what you can remember that I can't. That's yeah. everything, basically. Everything. Yeah, it happens constantly. Okay, so after the spine surgery, we met. Mm-hmm. And how long until you started working at where you work now? Um. Well, let's see. When we met, I think I worked at Tilly's still. Tilly's. Which is like a surf and skate oh, yeah. kind of shop. Um, I was working at Tilly's and then Abercrombie somewhat still. And Abercrombie was the best, I take it. <laughs> <laughs> Just perfume raining down from the ceilings like that's that's not a joke like that happens like every 10 minutes or so some Mm -hmm. stores weren't that advanced and they had a person that had to go around and spray the perfume yeah and Um, of course i hope you like house music mm -hmm. yeah you get um it's a track of maybe 10 to 12 songs is the cd that just plays on repeat that's all you need yeah you know so if you're working there you hear the same song like six or seven times per shift just on repeat Cotton House music is not 
not a lot of variety in house music. It's no. kind of just a vibe from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Never really changes. There was a house version of Call Me Maybe that used to play there Oof. before it became on on the radio. So then as soon as I left that job, it started playing on the radio. And I was like, this shit is following me. And I cannot One get of rid of this demon song. demon pop songs you can't get out of your life. Yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, I got a seasonal job where I work now, which is a like a large furniture retailer and home decor store. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of worked my way up at that job. I yeah. did, I was a sales associate and then did visual merchandising, which was super fun. Um, just like very creative. Yeah. Like I get to do around the house and now I'm the general manager there. So yeah. Out here running shit. Running that store. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too. Cause like we've had a thousand conversations about this with like your compatibility with with your own job is really interesting. It's interesting because you you're like so set up to be an awesome employee in a lot of ways cuz like you're you're very rule oriented and structure oriented like you are a good rule follower. Yeah. You know, you can like play the game as it's supposed to be played, <laughs> you know, like no problem, right? It's why you're good at school. Yeah. And but it's also interesting cuz like you're not you're not like a highly assertive person. And so to be the boss of like, how many, what, 20 something people? Uh, well, it used to be like close to 30, but I think we had 33 employees and then, you know, COVID stuff happened. So we downsized like a lot of companies. So now yeah. I've got like 13 people on my team. Yeah. But it's interesting because I don't know. It's like you're very suited for all of the structure that a GM has to have. But then at the same time, like, you don't have the personality to fire people like that's not in your that's not your nature necessarily but you do have to do shit like that yeah yeah it's it's interesting it's like a definitely a specific part of me that i gotta yeah pull out when i'm working um that doesn't come super naturally but i mean i think it helps just with like growing in general yeah like things that you're not necessarily comfortable with but are important to learn Sure, just like out of the comfort zone for sure. Which your job puts you out of your comfort zone fairly often. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's fun. The most frustrating conversations I think we have. Well, you know how not suited for a job like that I am. I mean, I haven't had a job like that in in 10 years, right? Where I had even had a boss necessarily. Yeah, you could not work in customer service. Oh, I'd be fired Absolutely within not. the hour. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Because there's times where, I don't know, I mean... You have a thousand crazy customer stories. Like, what's a recent one that came up? Like, a psycho customer that you had to deal with? I mean, there's there's a mix of everything. Yeah, like mostly have, cool people, but occasionally you get, like, yeah, you literal just psychopaths. Get disgruntled people, or we've got stuff with masks where people, we have to wear them at the store just like any other business. And People come in looking for a fight. Yeah, people yeah. trying to fight, and I'll come home and tell you a story, and you're just like, I would have just, like, kicked them out of the store yeah. and, like, cussed them out. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. Well, like, somebody, I mean, it's just like, someone's just nasty from the first interaction. They're just nasty. I'm like, okay, well, after, like, four comments like that, my reaction would just be like, hey, how about you kill yourself and get the fuck out of this store? Like, I don't want your business. I don't want your money. Like, can you just leave? You leave, right? Yeah. You know, but to have to filter yourself, oh my goodness, to that degree, to have to smile and be friendly to someone is, it's a tall order. That's a test of like your character and your patience and like, oh, I don't have it in me. Yeah. I mean, we both know I'm like naturally a pretty patient person. I think yes. you just have to, when working in customer service, like remind yourself that like usually when someone comes in like that, like they're just like rude or like mean right off the bat, like they've got some other shit going on Very often, that has right? nothing to do with me. The best you can do is just try and empathize with what they're saying, just listen to them and yeah. try and find a solution because that's, that's your job in customer service is find the the solution for them. Yeah. They're there to solve problems. Ugh, I know. <laughs> I know. Man, this is the reason I hired Chris, who Chris, you guys might know Chris in the Orlando Drummer podcast. He was an intern and then community manager. and But I ultimately ended up stealing him from you mm-hmm. because you trained him. And yeah, I need a customer service person. You could do that same job as well. Just someone to be the friendly smile to all of these angry people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so bad at that. Yeah, it's definitely a special 
kind of skill. But I feel like like everyone should do some sort of customer service job, whether it's serving working tables. in retail or ser- yeah, serving, yeah, waiting tables. Like, because I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant with someone that's like never worked in like the food service industry before, and they're just like rude to the waiters and like they don't know what it looks like behind. Like in the back of house, like yeah. where the kitchen is and the chaos that goes on there. Or what can happen in a, in any given day of a restaurant if yeah. you get slammed and four people called out. Well, yeah, like, like you all got of, 15 tables and like people yeah. are like, where is my stuff? But the it's not their fault. Like the cooks are taking too long. Like, sure. You get mad at the server. Yeah. Like I think just having worked in that situation just makes you a better customer inherently. Yeah. yeah it's uh, hearing certain stories from you in retail not that you do exclusively re- i mean you're the gm so you do a lot of stuff at the store but yeah. like some of those customer service situations it makes me realize that most often the way to get what you want as a customer in a store is to just be the coolest customer that that person has talked to all day yeah right because if they're super friendly and really really nice and sincere like you'll go out of your way more for that person than someone who's a total asshole yeah, like you want to do everything you can to help them when they're like already coming to you being nice. Not that yeah. you're obviously going to do always everything that you can. Yeah. But when they've got a nice attitude and they're super appreciative, like you're more happy to sure. do it for them than someone who's like, you know, just hounding you. Like, why don't I have an answer yet? Like, you have to fix this right now. Yeah. Well, it's like somebody, some people, it's like they were taught at some point that the fastest way to get what you want is to just be a cunt. <laughs> right like that who told you that yeah that's not how you do it that's a horrible way to start this off and I, I i think i learned that first like weirdly from my dad who was a cop and uh you know he used to tell me like the if you're the first person that the, if a cop pulls you over and you're the first person all day that's happy to see them you will be treated differently because they're very used to being you know treated like they're an annoyance, right? People are never happy to see them. It's normally like something went wrong or they did something wrong or they're in trouble to some degree. But like if you're the one person out of the 20 people that they had to interact with that's kind of like, hey, how can I help you? Like just a friendly presence in yeah. some way that you'll get treated differently too. Yeah, you just get to see the whole mix at a, at a store as big as the one that you work at now. It's just yeah, everything. So we have some questions here. I don't know, some of these might take longer than others. So I figure we'll just hop in and do a couple of these um let's see all right here's one from jeff nolan he says how do you deal with living with a drummer are there any drums in the house um there are no drums in the house actually None, right there are some sticks around, around like in the vase on our console and random like a practice the- pad in there sometimes yeah yeah, and random drum gear gets left around the house at times, which you get mad which about. I quickly shuffle out here. Yeah. <laughs> that is my domain. This is the drum domain. Um, but yeah, no drum, no yeah. drums in the house. We've had people say you should make like drum furniture before. I feel like I posted oh, yeah, something somebody's... a while back, and they're like, "There's like these drum side tables you can make." I'm like, "Nah." Yeah, I'm good on that too. I feel like having a dedicated drum space is all the drums I need yeah. in my life. I don't need more drum real estate inside. You know? Yeah. I feel like uh, living like living with a drummer is not... I mean, you tap on I shit tap a lot. On shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's probably the most you've had to deal with. Yeah. Like, stop tapping <laughs> tap on Tap on shit. Or I'm just like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's you just like doing something and tapping your feet on the ground. I'm like, what is that noise? Oh, it's it's you. Yeah. Yeah, I got suspended from middle school for doing this. This has been a long, long ordeal of mine. Oh, Aaron Levy says, no question, just an honest congrats, I assume, for for the impending marriage. Um, thanks, Aaron. Locking it down. Locking it down. That's the lock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm a plant. I am plant. All right. This is from <laughs> I am plant. <laughs> uh, the Shelf is the episode she's referencing there. Um so this one is from H. Howell underscore Haney. He says, how do you guys keep your relationship strong? I mean, I feel like just communication is super important. Like, I mean, I would think most people in relationships talk a lot. but I think we'd be shocked. I yeah, I mean, you said there was some 
something you were reading, some philosophy, something. You're always coming at me with information in the morning. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> about, like, couples, how, like, the average time that they spend, like, in conversation. Oh, that was interesting. It was, like, something very small. The, like, so like 12 you, minutes a day or something. That's like, what it mapped out to, yeah. But it was 90 minutes per week of conversation is the minimum for for healthy couples in a relationship. Was yeah, somewhere which, around there, which was end up, ended up being 12 minutes a day. Which is insane because, like, I mean, even on days when I'm working, like, today I was off. So, yeah. like, you had to run out for a haircut. But even the first 30, 45 minutes of the morning was just, like, you specifically talking about philosophy that you had been I'd thinking about. I'd 4 a.m. right now to think. Yeah. yeah, so the first 30 minutes of the day were spent just talking yeah. about, like, deep shit. yeah. And, like, that's a pretty common occurrence. If it's not in the morning, then it's in the afternoon when I get off work. Yeah. At least a few hours. I feel like if we had a day where we didn't even talk 15 or 20 minutes, it would be like, is everything good? Yeah. Like, something up? Like, one of us would be quiet or something's going on. Yeah, or if it's like I was, like, sick or had a migraine, like, maybe. But Yeah, something like that. There would have to be a reason. Like, why is there no communication happening? Well, especially in the mornings. Like, we'll, we'll do TV or movies or something like that at night. But we never really flip on any type of TV or screen in the morning. Like, a no. pretty normal morning for us would be coffee and talking. Yeah. Which sometimes goes, like, two hours. Like, we could sit there and just make three or four <laughs> pots of coffee, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just super important because, I don't know, like, we don't fight like, and I mean well, that in the sense that, like, I don't think we've ever, like, raised our voices at each other. It's just, yeah. like, not in our communication style. Like, if there's yeah. an issue, like, that's not going to solve anything. Well, and if you're so angry to the point, like, in a certain moment, if you're so angry that yelling or insulting is where you're at, that just means that you, you're not ready to have this conversation right now. You need to cool yeah. down, and when we're both cooled off, then we would have it. But it's very rare that our conversations would even get like slightly heated. Yeah, because you're not you're not really like listening at that point. Yeah, exactly. You're not solving the problem when you're pissed off. Yeah, so we'll just we'd just be like, let's take a break and circle back when we both had like a little bit of time to think on this. But like even that. And remember, we've had there's one particular couple friend. Well, they broke up years ago, but you know <laughs> you know who exactly I'm talking about. Yeah. That uh, this couple would like, like they had this like switch where they would become nasty to each other. And a fight, like, okay, I'm trying to... In a moment. In a moment. Like, things would be great. They'd things be, be, like, fun. sitting on each yep. other's lap, like... Everything's cool. And then it would be something along the lines of, like, you always do that kind of shit. Be like, what do you mean? I don't do that shit. You do you do way worse stuff than that, like the time you fucked this guy. She's like, oh, the time I fucked that guy. What about the time you did this with this girl? <laughs> and within, like, four sentences, we're in a screaming match. Yeah. And everything was fine before. Like, we've seen that happen... And then the other time I remember, we go to this restaurant called uh, Burns down oh, in Tampa. So good. Burn. I'm not a food person at all, but Burns so is good. fucking dope. That place is so good. We even uh, went this year. We go every year for our anniversary, and we yeah. even went this year when they were closed. Like they weren't. We got takeout. We got takeout and ate, ate it in, in the, the car, car <laughs> because we were like, we have to. We can't not go to Burns. <laughs> this will be the first year we don't go because we'll be in Tennessee yeah. having our wedding ceremony and reception with yeah. our friends and family. That's a lot more expensive than Burns yeah. Steakhouse is. But, so. um, but like the last time we went there and sat inside, sat next to like a bickering couple. And that to us is like really foreign. Like yeah. the little like jabbing each other. Like never would we do that, you know? Especially when you're like clearly like intentionally trying to have – like a romantic kind of night, like that's just the the way the restaurant is. Like you're not trying to, you're not just going there on a whim. Like, it's I not mean, casual. I guess if you had a ton of money, and but there's like, a dress code. It's most for most people there. It's kind of a it's special like an occasion. event, yeah. yeah. But like to go there and just be bickering the whole time. It's like you can't even take like two hours to like set whatever that yeah. is aside and just like enjoy the evening. Like no, yeah, it's a couple of those categories. I think that make it make it. It's, it, it's at the root of why we're compatible, I think, is that our, like, communication styles and how we would approach, like, a disagreement or a fight is really, really calm. Like, neither one of us, like, I can think of three times in my adult life where I had to, like, scream. And it was never at you. It was, like, completely unrelated to yeah. something that had happened where I would, like, I l straight up lose my temper. But I don't even think you've ever seen that. 
Yeah, and I can't think of any examples for myself yeah. in my adult life where that where I've had to do that. Yeah. The most like yelling that comes out of me is like when Rhino is being ridiculous and I'm trying to get yeah. him to calm down. Yeah, he'll make you raise your voice for sure. That's the only way to get his attention, so Elias.rh says, Where were you born? Um, what is your hobby and why did you choose to to do that? Um I two was- questions. Also born in Maryland, ironically. Oh, that's a weird detail, yeah. Both We're from both Maryland. from Maryland, but did not Didn't know each there. other up there. I moved to Florida when I was like five with my family. Yeah, and um, I moved at like 17. Yeah. But yeah, both born there. Strange. Yeah, born in Maryland, grew up in Brevard County, went to Merritt Island High. So I doubt there's anybody from Merritt Island High listening to this. But shout out Merritt Island. Shout out Merritt Island Mustangs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then moved out to Orlando to go to UCF. Uh, for college and what was it one of my hobbies yeah what's your hobby and why did you do it um i am a painter artist when i'm not working i used to dance like that was like my hobby growing up i was a competitive dancer for years mm-hmm. um but you know spine surgery kind of kind of yeah. cut that off at 18 <laughs> i remember i always thought that was like a really interesting part of your story when we met was like oh so like you had uh that's a big, like, weird uppercut from life to be like, yeah. oh, this thing you invested in your whole childhood and the only passion that you've ever known, like, your body now prevents you from doing it. Like, I liken it to, like, um, someone who, like, loses an arm after being a guitarist or a drummer for so many yeah. years. It's like, well, you got to do something else now, you know? it's It'll change who you are as a person. That's a crazy life lesson. Yeah, because I definitely would have, like tried to do like there's a dance team at UCF like I would have done something like that for sure yeah had I not had the spine surgery but after the surgery it was just like became so limited in movement that it wasn't an option yeah where you um, literally can't do certain motions that would be required of you in dance right. right yeah certain things I just couldn't do so my doctor let me know ahead of time like yeah that's not yeah that's not gonna be a thing anymore um but I didn't really get back I went to an an art school as a kid it wasn't like a private school or anything but it was like an art themed magnet school yeah but i really didn't get back into that until like i don't know right before i moved to atlanta actually like i had always like drawn and painted as a kid back into just like art in general you mean yeah yeah Yeah. like you had got me some art kit like as a gift and then i kind of like went back into like sketching and painting and then when i moved to atlanta is when like i was all alone and like had nothing to do, didn't really know yeah, a lot of people there. Yeah, when you like there. picked it up a lot, but um, alone time will make you do that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much just like painting. Um, like I do modeling here and there, but you know, gonna be 28. So in the modeling industry, that's that's old. Oh. <laughs> in that, not in general, but in that industry, that's, uh, yeah. I mostly just do it for fun. Like if I have friends that have sure. like creative projects they wanna work on, like, yeah, that's more fun to me than like trying to like be with an agency and like. Sure, and but you did do grind. that. I mean, you did have an yeah. agency and got a lot of like higher paying gigs too. Yeah, I did a lot of cool gigs, a lot of hair modeling gigs, like yeah. where it was insane. My hair's been like every color in the book, and I'm yeah been trying to grow it out for as long as we've been together. Yeah, because that's like when I stopped. Well, no, I did a few shows when we first started dating. A few, but they didn't like hack your hair off for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one they cut all the sides short, like when I turned 21, I went down to Miami. Oh, Remember yeah, that? yeah, they, like, yeah. The I sides that. were super short and the long, the top was longer. We had like matched haircuts for a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was weird. Oh, God. There's that <laughs> picture of us with the baby buns. At, again, my memory. The baby, we had like, we were at Cheesecake Factory and we both had short oh, okay. sides and long top. And it was when that like, those like man buns were like kind of in. Yeah, my hair um, was around that and length. Yeah, you ha- we both had like little baby buns up with like the shape. It's such a bad picture. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I don't know. What I'm glad we I don't remember it. How many kids do we want to have? That's from Mad Bite Three Thousand. At least one. I feel like we're both on the page there. It de- I feel like it depends on how much money you have. It really and how the first one goes, yeah. right? What if the first one is just a little psychopath? Yeah, yeah. Or you know, to be totally realistic, if you have any special needs, right? And he's yeah, that just, would change the circumstance. Like, yeah, that's that, a lot more work would. required. It's just shit you think about as you get older. But you wonder if you will love the first one so much, and if it goes smooth enough that you could be like, I could do two or three more, like mm-hmm. no problem. But it's so hard to like who commits to that off the bat. That seems a little crazy. Yeah. You know, to pick the number 
so I mean, soon. Some people have that in their head. They're like, I want to have five kids no matter what. But like, I've never. I feel like two sounds right. Two but... sounds right. But see, and then you you get into the game. We've talked about all this stuff before. Yeah. You get into the game where if you have two girls, then you're like, well, go for the boy. And then what if yeah. the third one's a girl? Like, are you doing you four? Try for one more. Like, yeah, yeah. Or vice versa, right? All boys, and like you would want to. I need the girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so tough to call that before it happens. And so we should probably tell people too that we're actually we're we're trying to have a kid now, yeah. which uh, it's a weird thing to say because basically saying you're having sex all the time is what's that's what's going on there. <laughs> but that's that's how babies work. That so is how babies work. Yeah, that's the. You rumor. were not aware. Yeah. <laughs> for anyone wondering that's where they come from i think the demographic of this podcast is old enough <laughs> i would hope so that. anyone listen to your podcast about you know philosophy and drugs and yeah. relationships should probably know where kids come from there was a 16 year old that was in the comments on one of them and i'm like what are you doing here you are <laughs> this is a lot but like also you might be really cool like 16 is young to give a shit about any of this stuff what is that gen z Gens. I don't know. There's so Z? many generations. Too many gener. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. The ones that are on TikTok. I see shit on TikTok all the time that I'm like, how? You're you're how old? I feel I feel old now because they talk about I don't know. Talk about all kinds of trends and shit and yeah. like making fun of stuff that I thought was cool and I'm like I didn't think I was old but now yeah y'all make me feel old. It's also weird to be like millennials because I remember for a long time that was like the young kid. And it's yeah. not anymore. Like most millennials are getting married and having kids now. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's, it's definitely weird, man. All right, I got one more for you. Uh, this is from Anonymous, actually. Um, what is it like to be with Adam? Like I touched on a little bit. There's His brain is always, always going. So there's plenty of yeah. mornings where I wake up and I'm just trying to make some coffee, say hello to the animals, have a slow morning, and he is coming <laughs> at me with some heavy philosophical <laughs> topics and i'm like can this i happens all the time constantly i'm like i my brain is not even fully turned on yet like i need some coffee and a moment to get my day going <laughs> before we just dive in nah, meaning of life let's go <laughs> literally plenty of mornings like that so it's definitely interesting he's always uh, got me thinking about something whether I want to or not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's plenty of nights where I'm just like, all right, we're going to touch on this later. But right now I had a long day at work and I would just like to focus on this movie and just not. Yeah. Not think. And I um, give her so much shit for like watching like The Bachelor, which which is really fun for couples to watch at times because you can just. For me, I only survived that show by like relentlessly mocking these, yeah. these unbelievably emotionally unstable people that the, the producers select for that show. Um, I don't know where I was going with that specifically, but like... Just turning your brain off. Yeah, it's tougher for me to turn my brain off. Very, very tough. Yeah, but I find, we find ways to where it's like, okay, I because you have a job where you have to... You know, for lack of a better word, like sell 40 hours of your week to somebody. Yeah. And so sometimes you come home and you're just like, I just had to go hard eight hours in this building doing this difficult job. It's like yeah. emotionally taxing, physically taxing. And then you get home and you're just like, I want to watch some trash people on the TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's a harder one for me. <laughs> that's a harder one for me to do because I have more freedom to not get so burned out during the day yeah so you it, take breaks yeah like, at night i'm not burned out i'm still ready to go sometimes yeah yeah much more much better with like documentaries or which i like too um, yeah but just like tv that somewhat has like an educational yeah i'd like aspect to i'd to like it. to end the program and have something to take away from it yeah as opposed to like pure entertainment yeah yeah that's gotten worse as i've gotten older too mm-hmm yeah yeah, we used to watch a lot of Always Sunny, which is still hilarious, but... That was one of the greatest comedies of all time, Always Sunny. Yeah, we watched a lot of that when we first got together. Yeah. Like, that was like our routine. It was like at the it end of the night. It was a routine back then, we'd yeah. We'd throw on some Always Sunny. Yeah. That, um... Yeah, what else? What exactly was the question? What's it, like, it like what's to, it like what's it like to be with me? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely motivating because you get to, like, you make your whole day which like mm. I feel like everyone would would like to do like if you just got to create your own 
schedule and yeah. do what you want. So like it's something I would like aspire to do one day. Be able yeah. to have my own like you have your own career, you're an entrepreneur. Like some people just can't do that, could not be their own boss. Yes. I've wondered, and we've talked about this before. Like, if you ever went, like, the stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. route, which is ironic because I stay at home and work, but, you know, if you ever didn't have a job and were to have a side hustle or painting or a hobby on the side that, like, I've I've almost said it in terms of, like, a warning to you of, like, this is weirdly difficult. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I don't know. I think a lot of people, if they got thrust into it, they would be excited and also have no idea how to design a day from scratch, yeah. right? It's very, very tough. Yeah, I don't totally know how that would work with my personality. I would like to think it would be totally fine. Yeah. But I've also never really been in that situation where I just, like, I've, like, always had a job and always had some kind of responsibility, whether it be school or work. Yeah. And- well, and, and a consequence. Like, if you just decide, I'm not going to work today, there's a pretty immediate consequence to, like, yeah. you're, you're in trouble. You have yeah, to explain Yeah, you can't yourself. just not show up to work. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so what happens when there's no consequence? When it's like, oh, nothing happens if you don't work. Not today. Not this week. You yeah. can just You can literally just fuck around all day and no one's going to say anything to you. It's, uh... Yeah, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Well, give him give him a con. What do I what do I suck at? You don't like to travel, which yeah. I do like. So that's always like a that's a push a, pull. Yeah, yeah, point of contention when I'm like, hey, we could. I mean, the travel's not really a thing right now. Yeah, but um, when it is, I gotta have like a strong argument for why <laughs> we are doing this thing tends to work out best when you have some sort of job. Like when we went to Memphis, because you had a thing at Memphis Drum Shop. I was yeah. like, well, on the way back, we're going to stop in Nashville and we're going to do some shit there sure. because that's what I want to do. And it's like a little compromise. Yeah. Um, or like NAM when we went to NAM. NAM, sure. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to make a vacation out of this because you're going there for work. And like... That kind of works out. Yeah, if there's a task at the place that we're going or something I can accomplish while I'm there, that seems to help a lot. Yeah. But it's the, like, full leisure vacation. Yeah, we've battled about that one a number of times. I don't have, like, a ton of cons. I mean, you're on Carnivore, and you and that uh, was making the kitchen pretty dirty for a while. Oh, yeah, we are the... cooking a lot of meats. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a little annoying, but you got that new... Whatever that new thing is, what is it to kind of contain it in the corner. The Queezymax, I think. Dope little griddle. If I don't out think here. that's how you say it at all. Queezymax? C-U-S-I-M-A-X. Like cuisine art? or How do you say that brand? Cuisine art? Cuisine art? Cuisine? I don't, I don't know. know. Queezymax <laughs> sounds not right I, I might be wrong. It's on Amazon. It's like a hundred something <laughs> bucks. Dope little thing. Yeah, carnivore. And that's annoying on a social level, too, because restaurants, like, there's very few. That yeah, we can also, go like, to. when I make, like, a nice meal, just in general, and I'm like, this is really good. You should try it. You're like, yeah, no. I can't even have a I bite. I can't eat any of that. I'm like, all right. Well, yeah. I'll just enjoy this by myself. <laughs> so that, that, I guess, would go in the con category. Definitely stubborn. It'd run with that one. Do that one. I mean, there's not, like, specific stories that come to mind. But you're just stubborn, very, like, set in your ways. But I've, I've known that since the beginning. Yeah. And I feel what like... Was, how did that become obvious? Like, how was I stubborn eight years ago? Um, you liked your space, so you would not come to my place. Oh, I remember this. Yeah. yeah. Like, you did not want to come over and stay at my apartment. That was, no. like, not a thing. Like, you let me bring my cat and his litter box and the food over before you would stay at my house like we brought i brought potato over to your house like were we we weren't even officially dating because again the brain thing so i remember (laughs) i brought potato over to your house with all of your roommates yeah had to bring his litter box naturally he's a cat and his food you were more willing to let a girl that was not your girlfriend to bring a cat over to your house than I was than to you go were to go spend the night at someone else's house. Yeah. Because you wanted to be in your space. Yeah, I don't know what that's rooted in, but I've always been that way. Even with people I dated before, yeah. I was always like that. I don't want to spend the night. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know why I'm like that. 
I feel like I still would be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing we have a house together, and my house is now your house, because <laughs> otherwise you'd be doing your own thing. Yeah. All right, well, let's close this out. Do you have, I'll hand it to you, what's the, what's the closing message here? What's the, cl- what? <laughs> <laughs> what's the closing message? This is your goddamn podcast. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to close out your, pod- we getting your married. episode. That's weird. We're getting married. Yeah. <laughs> That's a cool one. Trying for a kid. Yeah. I think one thing that would be really cool to do, if we were ever to do like a round table type setup sort of thing, is we do have other couple friends, won't throw them out there just yet, but yeah. who are having kids. And I think that would be really cool to have like, because uh, we're all in the same position. Like it's a wild ass part of the ride. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Like knowing that life is about to change dramatically, like ideally within a year is wild it's fucking weird we have to come come back to that topic in of itself you know yeah once we got the the green light on the baby yeah interesting lots of preparing the house will uh yeah she's going full nest mode doing uh apparently we have to have a nursery that's a non-negotiable apparently yeah Yeah. not even pregnant yet let me just preface that but (laughs) but yes there will absolutely be a nursery I said we could throw this kid in the gym for a year or two before we really even know where they are. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, that's why moms exist. Yeah. So. The stubbornness. Right there. <laughs> throw him in the gym. Be all right. We can build another chicken coop. Put him in the little cat room closest to the outside back door with all the windows. No. Be all right. This is not where babies go. <laughs> Absolutely not. So okay, we we will close out on close out on this because this is actually a really funny topic of like when we first took like the Myers Briggs test or any of those personality tests, you very quickly start to see like parenting differences, mm-hmm. and that's a really a good example of how our personalities are like con- contrasted because you're much more of the like empathetic, empathetic nurturer, shelter, like protect the child from the evil. And I'm much more like you throw them in the deep end. You figure it out, toss them in the deep end, <laughs> exactly. But really, that that's a lot of like our whole personality contrast. I think. Yeah. Is I'm much more on the extreme side of like fuck it, let's do it. Like r- more risk taking, more like abrasive or willing to be abrasive. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you're not. You're sweet. You that plant. Yeah, I am plant. You need to water that plant. <laughs> it's a, I didn't know it was a real plant. Yes, it's a real plant. <laughs> I thought it was a fake plant. It's been without water or light for like a month or two. Is it immortal? <laughs> okay, we got a live plant. I'm learning things. <laughs> yes, it's real. I had no idea. They're very resilient. It's a snake plant. and Oh, it's a snake plant. Okay. <laughs> I'm not into plants. <laughs> it's the same kind of plant that's on the dining room table, the one that's big. You don't know what it looks like. Oh, I don't that's have how a clue. Works. I didn't know we... You could have just now made up that we had a plant on the dining room table, and I wouldn't have known if, if there was ever a plant on the dining room table. Yeah, it's the same kind of plant. Okay, and... so we got two snake plants. <laughs> Learn something every just, day. Yeah, I think just two. I don't think there's any other in the house. No, All right. the rest are pothos. All right, well, fuck it. Let's go water this plant that is uh, allegedly <laughs> real, from what I'm told. It is. <laughs> They're very strong, resilient plants, so it's doing all right, but it needs some water. <laughs> oh, good Lord. All right. Well, let's go water this plant. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, uh, maybe we'll do this again sometime with, uh, with some cool news. So. Yeah, that'd be tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks. <laughs>